Well, hello there. I beg your pardon and sorry for the mess. Someone spilled the Leviathan blood and left the mini Mako reactor running again. Anyhow, you're listening to MageCast, the ensemble podcast by the well-read mage and a cast of mages. Each episode, I sit down with my rotating panel of magical guests to have some civil discourse about a single game. We're a group of games writers dedicated to clarity, integrity, and depth in long-form critique. You can find us on WordPress at thewellreadmage.com. MageCast is part of the Little Fella Media Podcast Network, now sponsored by top-tier podcast host Buzzsprout. Crowdfunding support makes projects like MageCast possible. If you enjoy our work, written or otherwise, you can become a warrior of light, a patron and supporter at patreon.com forward slash thewellreadmage. Check it out for more information on our vision for the future of games writing and gaming community, as well as exclusive audio bonus content and rewards like membership cards and our secret Discord HQ Mage Chat. Links are in the description. Oh, and now let's start the show. Well, hi, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of MageCast. I am Moses the Tetramino Norton, a.k.a. the Well-Read Mage. Today I'm going to be talking to two individuals who are closely tied to the subject at hand. My first guest is no stranger to Tetris, known for his quick rotating skills he has, among other achievements. Maxed out the scoreboard on NES Tetris more than once, as recently as June 2019. A multiple Guinness World Record holder, the only multi-time Seattle gaming champion, a true Tetris master, and competitor. Welcome, Paul, to MageCast. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, no problem. I worked, like, all night on that intro, so I hope you liked it. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> I was so nervous. My second guest is no stranger to making an appearance on this podcast, renowned for his sweet buttermilk acapella rendition of the Storm Eagle theme from Mega Man X, a retro game collector and streamer. Ryan is the host of the popular semi-annual RGB high score competition, which draws contestants to vintage gaming from across the net. Welcome to MageCast, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me here. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you back. So, by way of continued introduction, gentlemen, uh, what are you guys playing right now? And is there any sort of thing that you're kind of working on, working towards? We'll start with you, Paul. I'm waiting for my new Ninja Warriors ding, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was supposed to get it today, and it's already, well... 7 p.m. my time, uh, West Coast, and I haven't seen my games. Uh, Otherwise, I would have been on that all day. <laughs> um, but really nothing special. I mean, I, I played Castlevania 3 a little bit earlier this morning. Um, Was that off the uh, Castlevania collection, or that's just the original cart? Actually, yeah. Yeah. It was convenient, so I just... Played it on my PS4. Played the uh, Japanese version, uh, cool. Ak- Akuma Joe Densetsu. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I haven't played too many Castlevania games, but that collection looks pretty sweet. It is amazing. Highly recommended for all Castlevania fans. Is there anything you would say is missing from that Castlevania collection? 
I you know I would say Rondo of Blood. Okay. However, they just they also came out with Castlevania Requiem, which has Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night. So really, mm. no. I see. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, that sounds complete then. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean they didn't they didn't touch on the DS games or the GBA games. Uh huh. But otherwise, yeah, I, I'd say it's I say it's a very very good collection. Well, that's good. Yeah, because usually sometimes, well, usually I don't know about usually, but these retro co- collections are really cool. But sometimes they're just missing really obvious titles. Like, why on earth did you not have this? I'm trying to think, like, the uh, the Capcom beat-em-up bundle. Did you guys enjoy that? I didn't get it. Oh, you didn't get it? What no. about you, Carlos? <laughs> I mean, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with Knights of the Round, not a, I'm, a, I'm a happy man, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was just like, why is uh, why is AVP not in this? Alien versus Predator? Come on. That was, that was great. I still don't like Knights of the Round. <laughs> I know you don't. I, I like don't watching like people play it, though. I will be fully admit that king of dragons <laughs> king of dragons i'll be king on that of game dragons is all is day pretty great great game yeah i'll be on that but nice of the round hell no every time somebody <laughs> says king of dragons i can hear that whole in the background <laughs> yeah there you yeah. go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right and then uh ryan uh what are you playing and working on right now so uh one of the things i like to do because obviously we're now doing the RGB High Score live challenge, which is on a monthly basis, is uh, get acquainted with the games before we play them. So uh, coming up here on the 31st, uh, we'll be doing Super Mario Kart. And uh, so I've been putting a lot of time into Super Mario Kart and realizing how incredibly awful I am at that game. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we are, we picked like the hardest map outside of Rainbow Road, which it may even be harder than Rainbow the Road. Castle? Bowser's yeah. Castle oh, Three. Castle. Yeah. yeah, I told them not to do it. Right, we, but well, he did it. It's a challenge. It's not RGB high score. You know, ease your way into the championship. RGB high though, score. Sometimes pillow. that is that way for you, Paul. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm keeping to myself. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to not being too great at Mario Kart. I can relate to that. Yeah, I was, you know, I was talking to um, Katie, Caddy. How do how do we pronounce her name? I think it's Katie. Katie, absolutely. Okay. Katie, yep. Yes, yes. Um, she was practicing, uh, and I caught her on stream doing so. And and I was like, oh yeah, why don't you why don't you try one of the um, the top speed drivers? And she was having a terrible time with it. And so I'm just like, huh. So I gave it a try with top speed characters, and. I was having a hell of a time with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, uh, okay, let me go back to Koopa Troopa and let's see how this goes. <laughs> and sure enough, like Koopa Troopa was the man, right? The animal, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's like the handling for that stage. It just makes it all the better. So pro tip, anybody wants you do well on that map. Don't use the top speed guy. <laughs> It's actually wow. talking to a friend of ours, Nefarious West, who's played in quite a few of the, the tournaments that we've done as well. And he's referring it to it as uh, Mario Kart Pinball. <laughs> because oh my you, god, yes. Right, you bounce off the walls so bad in that map, it's awful. Yeah. It is the sense. worst. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, today, fortunately, I guess, we're not talking about 
Super Nintendo's Mario Kart. Today we're going to talk about a game which like 98% of the world population has played, presumably. Tetris, originally released in 1984 by Alexei Pejitnov for Electronica 60 in USSR. So this game uh, is older than me. Uh, it's been around for quite a while. It is the best-selling video game concept there is. Uh, it's immensely popular, and it's. Um, I think that that's a, that's uh, something that speaks volumes when you, you tweet about Tetris and people just come out of the woodwork to express their thoughts. I mean, like. It seems like everybody's played this game. I know one person who has not played Tetris, and they're like a 60-year-old co-worker that I have. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like very anti-video games. Oh, yeah, okay. so of course I'm going to bring in a version of Tetris for him to play <laughs> because <laughs> you got to fix that. Um, so you play it at least once. Yeah. Just yeah, once. Yeah. yeah. Well, you it's one not, of those games that I think like resonates it, with... humorous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I... It's, you know, it's got a lot of, well, we're going to talk about appeal later on, but <laughs> but it's not a game that has sort of silly cartoon characters or has, um, you know, too many controls or uh, has too many rules to it that you have to sort of know right off the bat in order to play it. It has a, a layer of accessibility to it in that regard. So it's something that I would be able to expect that a 60-year-old coworker of mine who doesn't play video games, has I don't know if he's ever played video games, uh, will be able to pick up and understand and, and play. Whether he likes it or not, I, I can't say, but he should at least play it. Um, this episode, though, there's so many different versions of Tetris. Typically in MageCast, we focus on just a single game. So we're kind of going to, I, I presume, talk about the NES Tetris um, more often than any other version. So we're kind of basing this episode off of that. But the episode is episode 24, Boom Tetris for you. So, we, <laughs> which was, uh, thank you, Ryan, for that idea. You know what? When you tap into the meme level quality of Boom Tetris, <laughs> I, I was watching a lot of... Uh, a lot of the tourney, the tournaments, um, kind of in preparation for this podcast, and so I definitely uh, got to hear the boom Tetris quite a bit. Oh yeah! <laughs> so I to start it. off the discussion, let's talk about what is Tetris. Uh, we'll start off. What is Tetris in one word? What is Tetris in one word, Ryan? Ooh, one word. Uh, not one even two word. words. One oh. word. No, you, you don't slip in a uh or a the. <laughs> one, <laughs> one word. <laughs> smooth. Is, I'll, I'll say it's smooth. 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 Yes. Smooth. I like that. Smooth. Tetris is smooth. What about you, Paul? I'd call him a liar. A liar. <laughs> Controversy right at the beginning of this episode. I like it. I like it. So um, how would you describe Tetris oh in one boy. Um, Gosh, there could really, there could be a few words. Yeah, um, a few words, yeah. Mesmerizing is mesmerizing, one of them. Mesmerizing, yeah. 
The word that I picked was miracle. Mm. I think that okay. it's a miracle that this game made it to the West. Right. It's a miracle that that this game was made at all. True. It's almost True. like, I mean, you listen to the, the doc, uh, documentaries and you read up on it. You're like, oh, so he kind of was just like, yeah, yeah I did this thing. <laughs> and it ended up being like one of the most defining video games ever made. You know, top mm-hmm. top three. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a lot of choice words that you could that you could use to describe uh, Tetris. Uh, perfection is one that I kind of want to unpack later on. This idea of can you have a perfect game and is Tetris, at least one of its variants, a perfect game? But we'll get to that. Um, but more broadly, to kind of break out of the constraints of a single word what is tetris how do you how do you describe tetris briefly to somebody say you met somebody who'd never played tetris so i think i mean obviously the first thing that comes to mind is this idea of a puzzle game right and it it, obviously the roots of tetris as well come from the concept of a puzzle so i think that would be a fitting way to do it Mm -hmm. and even in in the simple fact of what you think of as a jigsaw puzzle it's it's fitting pieces in the right you know position in order to to make something greater but the beauty of tetris is that uh once you create that with that line or that multiple lines it disappears and you can keep going so it's almost like it's this never-ending jigsaw puzzle uh Mm. that's i mean well there is some ending so we could certainly max out on score but (laughs) nonetheless right it's if you wanted to keep playing hypothetically you could especially with you know, there are several versions that would allow you to do that. So Right. Mm-hmm. And I like this idea of Tetris being that jigsaw puzzle uh, that keeps changing. And eventually you're sort of creating your own puzzle. Mm-hmm. Your mistakes actually create more difficulties for you later down the road where you start having gaps in your lines and so on and so forth. Um, the goal being, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never played Tetris, first of all, stop listening. <laughs> literally, literally go anywhere. Like, you could get on your phone and play Tetris for crying out loud, okay? You have no excuse to not play Tetris. Like, I downloaded a free Tetris knockoff on my phone. Like, you could do it. Easy. Okay, so... And then we'll come back because I don't want to. I don't want to run through like the rules. Oh, and you have to clear lines in order to. So we're not going to do the, all all that rigmarole. We're not going to mm-hmm. be like there are seven tetraminos, the T, <laughs> the T piece, the line piece. Um, so presumably, <laughs> if you're listening at this point, you know how to play Tetris. You've heard of Tetris. You've uh, seen Tetris. You've seen Tetris. You know of the Tetris. Um, so okay. <laughs> Continue the conversation. Okay, so you, as you make mistakes, it kind of changes the puzzle for you in ways that you might not be able to predict, especially if you're not a Tetris master, <laughs> like I certainly am not. I enjoy Tetris, <laughs> but I'm, I'm nowhere skilled as, as, well, either of you that are, that are on this podcast. So, anywho, but uh, Ryan, I believe you were... Uh, continuing a description? Yeah. Or? No, and to your point there, the, the beauty of it is that as a, a player, your level of skill uh, doesn't really determine your, your fun factor. Because you can have fun on the lowest level or you can really push yourself and you know start off on uh, the highest level if you want to. 
uh, knowing that the speed's going to increase. But again, if if you're a novice, you're still having fun. This, mm-hmm. It's the, the nature of the game is extremely addicting in that sense, and that's why I think uh, often people from all walks of life really like this game and, and find it to be you know that that the the go to if you if you will um, when it comes to this idea of what a video game truly is. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I like that whole skill level discussion too. Mm-hmm. That there's there's obviously a special uh, kind of joy. I'm oh, sure yeah. I've never experienced it of playing at the highest possible <laughs> skill levels <laughs> for this. Uh, and Paul, maybe you can speak to that in a minute here. Um, but it's a game that I've experienced in different versions throughout my life with different family members. Most recently with my three-year-old son uh, playing Tetris uh, with him, and it was NES Tetris. So being able to re-experience the game through the eyes of a child, a very young child, a three-year-old, it's something that he understands. Now, he doesn't have the skill to be able to manipulate these pieces perfectly, so his puzzle is going to turn out very differently. But he still understands the basic concept And that's really fascinating to me when you start to talk about any age range of human almost can play Tetris. So, Paul, uh, what is Tetris then, if we want to get a a broader unpacking from yourself? Tetris is a lot of things. It's, um, it can be comforting. You know, it could be one of those games where you're just like, I just want to play something, and Tetris can be that game. You know, it's... Because um, it used, before I started playing competitively, Tetris would be one of those games where it's just like, you know, I just want to relax mm. and just play a game of Tetris, and so I do. Yeah. You know, I, I may not get higher than, say, level 19 at the time, but it's just like, okay, I've just put 10 minutes of this game, and I'm feeling good. Yeah, I like you know? that. Um, there's kind of this this unspoken idea in a lot of gamer groups, I think, where uh, you sort of need you need something from games. You need sort of the realistic, high high definition graphics or in one crowd or you sort of need the deep involving story in the other crowd you know there's people who say i i play games for a story um or the next newest thing but tetris is one of those things that proves that you don't need a lot of those bells and whistles in order to have a game where you like you say you could just sit down and enjoy um and just be amused and have fun and not have to worry about, you know, where you are in the plot, uh, what exactly you're supposed to do next, uh, and all that sort of thing. You just turn it on and you know, it's the same game. And I think that's why it's endured for so many generations for so many years. Again, this thing was made in 1984. That's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wasn't yesterday. And you ever ask yourself, why isn't Tetris an anachronism now? Like, why is it something that keeps coming back and people still want to play it? I think that, again, I, the appeal of it is that no matter what your skill set is, that you, it's accessible to you. But also, 
um, it's addicting in a way, mm. right? The just the the dopamine response you get when you get a Tetris, or when you clear a line, or we, you know, you got farther or higher score than you expected before, or you get to the next level that you didn't expect. There's, <clears throat> it's you know, we see a lot of things with mobile games nowadays where uh, they're purposely designed to be addicting. Mm. I think uh, Mr. Pajanov stumbled upon <laughs> a concept <laughs> that was addicting. Uh, and that's why I think you see so many different renditions of this is that people are constantly seeking out more and interesting ways to, to still experience the same concept. Mm. And what do you think specifically makes Tetris addicting? Is it a combination? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to fill the question before it's answered. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what makes it addicting? I think it's the, the fact that the, the lines disappear. So you have quite literally your game is decided by you. So the length of time that you spend on that game is completely up to you. I could be standing uh, waiting for the bus to show up and have a good round of Tetris, or I could sit at home, uh, plan out my whole day to do a marathon of it. It's really up to me, mm -hmm. and I can Ooh. still have the same amount of fun regardless of where I go. Where you had kind of talked about the idea of an <clears throat> RPG, if I spent two minutes or three minutes here in an RPG, I wouldn't get the same level of fun. No. No. You might you might you might just be fighting random battles the whole time, <laughs> or you <laughs> or your cotton story. Yeah, God oh, forbid yeah. you're sitting in front of a cutscene for two minutes and you're like, "Well, I didn't <laughs> even play the you game." You have not seen a bit of action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the the thing the thing that I wanted to say about um, the addictiveness of Tetris, t it the thing that leapt to my mind mm -hmm. was its combination of challenge and simplicity. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. sort of a unique balance of combination and of uh, challenge, excuse me, and simplicity. It's sort of something like, well, even chess, I was about to say, uh, simplicity and challenge, but chess is still more complex uh, at face value, I'd say, right. than Tetris. Right. Um, you know, you have less pieces, less... Um, in Tetris, all the pieces move in the same fashion. In chess, not not so much. But... I think we're 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 moving into territory of we mentioned appeal a couple times now, so I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Spectrum Bots Forty Two on Twitter who honestly said, uh, "I just don't get the appeal of Tetris." Oh. So without <laughs> without throwing somebody under the bus, sure, uh, because again, this is a super popular game. We don't want to <clears throat> embarrass anyone, <laughs> but uh, what is what is sort of well. Oh, Paul, we'll, we'll jump to you. Okay, so two okay. questions here. I am so sorry. <laughs> this is just how Magecast. <laughs> this is just how Magecast works. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. Okay, so first question is, what makes Tetris so addicting? Second question mm -hmm. is, what do you say to the person who doesn't get the mm. appeal of Tetris, or why Tetris is appealing? Uh, I'm gonna answer the second question first. Oh darn it! Okay, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's on your it's on your heart right now. Go ahead, spit it out. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. Um, <laughs> and 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 you know what? Some people just don't. Mm -hmm. Some people don't find the appeal to Tetris because really all they see is falling blocks, building a stack. And clearing lines. Mm -hmm. Some people may not find that as fun. Mm -hmm. And and really that that's okay. That's that's their opinion. Right. Presumably nothing could be appealing to absolutely everyone. But 
Right. You could still describe the appeal of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> what? Uh, gosh, I. You know, what makes the game so addicting is just. For me, it's it's always been the want to improve. Hmm. The you know because to you know to be a we'll say a good player. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know how else to put that. But to be a good player and to um, progress into being a better player and to progress into a competitive scene, you you have to learn what your blocks can do. You know, can can you spin your block this way to uh, fill this gap or fill this hole? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what, what can I do to keep... A well, and for those who don't know what a well is, it's an it's a a single slot mm-hmm. on on your board. Basically, that's fitted specifically for a line piece. Mm-hmm. The only so, way to get a Tetris, a four line clear. The only way to get a Tetris, yeah. yes. Because um, a lot of what you're doing in the game, as far as a competitive player, is to build your stack of blocks while keeping one slot open specifically for a line piece and to make sure that it's as clean as possible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not easy because we all know that Tetris is random as random can be. Mm -hmm. There is not a fixed set unless you program it to be that way. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding, some v- versions of Tetris are more pattern oriented in their RNG than others. Is that right? The, um, yeah, the modern Tetris games are a lot more forgiving. Okay. Than, um, than say the classic one, like the NES and the game boy. And, right. Where you could um, sort of have these long droughts without the line piece. Exactly. Right. Okay. The modern Tetris, like um, Poyo Poyo Tetris, like Tetris Effect, mm-hmm. um, those games are a lot more, um, a lot more kind. Mm. <laughs> so that sounds we'll, like a, we'll a trend in way. modern game design, though, right? You know, like NES hard is a phrase for a reason. Get good, son. Get, Get good. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, it's. Um, it's just practice, practice, practice. You, you know, some people are going to expect to be good at, you know, at games in one go. Yeah, let's, let's face it. That's not, the, that's not true. Hmm. So I want to uh, wade into something ever so delicately here, like a hippopotamus <laughs> with glass slippers uh, to kind of, darn delicate. <laughs> you know what? That image popped in my head and I was like, I'm going to use that. Right now. <laughs> They're going to think I wrote it down, but screw them. They don't care. Uh, anyways, the the sort of pop culture discussion of games being too hard, right? Uh, games being too difficult. Um, mm. And then this idea of do consumers have the freedom or even the right to tell developers, hey, you need to change your game to make it more accommodating 
to people who find it too hard. Now, the thing, the wedge that I want to kind of drive into that discussion, that's obviously way too big of a discussion and peripheral to this podcast to discuss in full. But you mentioned the word practice. Uh, what I like about that is it's something that demonstrates that if you put practice into something, if you keep doing it over and over again, you can't not improve, right? I mean, that's just not how the human brain works. That's just not how our memory works. No mm-hmm. Normally, you're going, you're going to improve as you play something even as hard as NES Tetris or as hard as any, any modern game that comes out. Um, well, you would you would think right, but. and again, that's that's normative. You know, you're going to have uh, individuals with all kinds of individual um, individual issues and individual mm-hmm. um, characteristics, but I think that normally practice makes better. Uh, so practicing uh, is, I think, something that I think that. When I, when I brought up practice for tough games before, um, someone said to me, well, I just don't have the time to practice. But then does that mean that the game should accommodate your lack of time? Not at all. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Not at all. Not at all. You know, uh, some games are, are meant to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Tetris is one of those games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I tell everybody... Tetris is not easy. Mm. It looks like it could be the simplest thing on earth, but really it's not. Yeah. Cause, and that's the beautiful thing about it. It's a simple concept, but it can get very challenging, especially as the speed increases. Uh, and mm-hmm. a really, a really easy way to demonstrate that, that curve, that difficulty curve is just increase the speed. Um, so a question that I had for you, Paul, is what's the hardest thing about playing Tetris? <laughs> Keeping your composure. Keeping when your things composure. Aren't, when things aren't going your way. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the hardest thing. <laughs> um, really? Um, oh, gosh. Um, nerves can play a factor for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because w- if... As a person who plays on level 18, who starts their game on level 18, and any time you jump to level 19, there's obviously a speed increase where if you're not watching how many lines you have and are not not expecting the transition to a faster speed, it's going to come as a surprise to you mm. as well as anybody else, um, which then leads to... Oh my gosh, I'm I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, which is very common because mm. you know that's as a former, we'll say, weekend warrior of Tetris. That's exactly what would happen to me in higher uh, speeds. I didn't know what to do. I would panic and I would be all over the place, which would eventually lead to me topping out. Mm. And I imagine that pressure is more difficult to endure when people are watching you play <laughs> as well. Um, I guess it really depends 
on the person. I guess so, huh? Um, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that gets nervous if my wife is watching me. It's like, don't look, no, no, don't. You know, make all, you know, all these mistakes all of a sudden. Right. It's um, especially, especially with the classic Tetris World Championships, there are a lot of eyes yeah. that are watching you and everybody else. Um, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way, but there really is, especially on Twitch. Mm. There are more eyes on, on you on Twitch than there are at a live event. Mm. And even though there's still quite a bit of eyes on you at a live event, um, but really I think it, what it comes down to is how comfortable you are with the game um again maintaining your composure and if if your the block pattern you're getting is not going your way it's okay this is this is what's happening now i need to fix this how am i going to do it mm-hmm. um and and tournament experience cuz i as you as you know i have I have years of tournament experience and not, and not just, not just tournament experience, but performance experience. Mm-hmm. Cause I used to play music in front of lots of people, whether it was, you know, a high school band or, um, piano. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still get that. I still get hints of stage fright, but it eventually goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, take a couple deep breaths and just, you know, do your thing. Play your game. Yeah. You know you know how to play it. Just play the game. Yeah, and stage frights stage frights a pretty big thing for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've done I've done public speaking. That's the thing that I've had to get over uh, that stage fright with the most. The stage fright, again, you, you mentioned psychological earlier. There's a lot of psycho psychological issues. Um I'm sure to your performance. Same thing with public speaking, where if you let those psychological issues kind of overtake you, then, you know, it's going to wreck your, your presentation. Um, Mm -hmm. now, so you touched on, uh, some competitive, uh, bouts experiences of Tetris. I just wanted to pull a little, a few memories out of you, uh, about that since we're on the subject before we continue on. So, uh, a couple of base questions, like what was your, let's start with what was your greatest victory, uh, playing Tetris competitively? Oh boy. I haven't had many of them. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about let's, we could always Um, phrase it as greatest achievement or something like that. Um, let's see. As far as achievement, uh, we'll say um, my first my first round of um, CTWC last year, where um, I was in the zero round. So, uh, like what they what uh, what they did was um, <clears throat> they took the top forty qualifying scores. And then the bottom, bottom sixteen mm-hmm. would have to do a zero round, which I was number thirty-two mm-hmm. at the time. And um, 
And by the way, I still remained number thirty-two throughout the <laughs> throughout the tournament. That's steep competition. So, uh, oh yeah, no, it it definitely improved last year, and uh, this year will will be no different. It, there'll there'll be much more improved players mm. and a lot of new faces coming in, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, my, my best victory was, um, my first, uh, well, my first greatest achievement was winning my very first round at a CTWC event, which was winning my zero round. And, um, I remember the last round, the last, yeah, round that we did with my um, opponent was a, was really, um, it was a, it was a really good match. Mm. Uh, we, uh, we both transitioned to uh, level 19. Um, we were, she was ahead of me. Um, for like the beginning for like the first half of the um for the first half of the round mm-hmm. and then i started coming in with uh you know coming in with tetrises and um just being able to clean up the the mess i had had and just start capitalizing on that mm. and which i eventually got up to uh i think i had to f- forcefully top out when i say forcefully top out i mean she had topped out first Mm -hmm. and i was already ahead of her by the time she topped out and score so i'd already won that match right so you just topped out on purpose yeah yeah Yeah. um and i think i I think i stopped at level 27 okay and uh i think that was the I think our round was the one round in the in the zero round that was the highest. Okay. Nobody nobody else made it uh, as high as we or well as high as I did. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what uh, I think she topped out at level twenty five. Okay, and you say you made it to twenty seven. Yeah, and I talked and. By the time she topped out, I was already at level 27. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, so-called kill screen, is that 28? 29. 29. Okay, so you were mm-hmm. really almost to the end of the game. Yeah, just uh, for, uh, for a DAS player, yes. Yeah. So can you, can you two things. Can you unpack DAS just briefly? Uh, and then can you unpack uh, the kill screen? So before he does that, I do want to jump in here and say I was actually watching Paul do that round live on Twitch. I I had Mm. it up in my living room. Uh, It was on the big screen TV, watching live round of it, typing away. I remember that. Oh, yeah, dude, (laughs) typing away on Twitch, sitting in my living room, literally uh, like standing up yelling go on you got this go <laughs> i remember that yeah <laughs> that's really cool so, yeah, yeah i was, i was watched awesome. the uh i watched the vod of the uh of the tournament um after after <laughs> that round i think earlier that night or later that night and i'm seeing uh, just a bunch of people including uh including ryan just like <laughs> go ball go oh my god go 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 <laughs> and it was it was really cool because 
it's um it's one of those things where I really haven't had that much you know I god I really don't want to say I, I haven't had that much support but as much support as people have shown hmm. you know on a on like on Twitch you know cuz I'm honestly I'm still fairly new to Twitch so and to see that <laughs> Um, Ryan and all these other people that know me through, um, through the Tetris community, just rooting me on, um, was, was really cool. That's cool. That's one of the great things about, uh, about having a community, about being a part of a community is having that, that layer of support. That is really cool. Mm -hmm. People tend to think about gamers as being lone wolves, you know, antisocial, uh, and in in that somewhere unsupportive, but yeah, sometimes sometimes yeah, yeah sometimes you know. it can be that. I way. mean yeah, it, there, there's definitely people that fit that bill, but um, uh, the communities that I've been a part of since I started the Well Run Mage have been real cool, real supportive, you know. And it's nice, like you say, to have that, <laughs> to have Ryan be your cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it was it was really cool. I mean, I uh, and I to this day I I continuously thank him because he's he was one of the, he was one of the big supporters of everything. Hmm. So it it was really really cool. Heartwarming story. <laughs> yeah. So so Das and Kill Screen in brief. Um, Kill Screen basically. Is the pieces are falling so fast that um, a normal a normal uh, DAS player like myself um, will not be able to get the pieces all the way over to the left or to the right mm -hmm. side of of their board. Um, DAS is short for delayed auto shift, which. Um, I don't. I don't remember how many frames. The per numbers second. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I don't remember the amount that's of frames fine. per second. I mean, but, that's sort of like um, it's the thing where you you're holding the button down, right? Yeah. You're like once you set once your piece, uh, your previous piece locks in, you're already holding the left or right uh, button so that it moves as fast as it can without hyper tapping mm -hmm. and we'll get into that yeah. um, <laughs> immediately after okay this. good <laughs> um um yeah it's it's going to the left or right as fast as it can without having to hyper tap the piece all the way over um and, and which leading up to hyper tapping is mainly when all all you're doing is vibrating your thumb or your finger on the d-pad so your pieces just zoom over to the left and to the right, mm. depend you know depending on the uh, vibration speed of your finger. And so there's certain uh, competitors who are known for being hyper tappers, then, right? Yes. Uh, Thor, can't remember his last name. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Thor Ackerland. He uh, it he he's it's kind of interesting with him. He he can hyper tap. Mm -hmm. But he he does it holding the uh, controller 
as you know as if we normally do because hmm. um, a lot of these other guys they're not holding the controller like we do mm-hmm. when when they are ha- hyper tapping okay because like majority of the time they're going to have it on their lap or on on a table or whatever um, and then they they position their hands a certain way which is comfortable for hyper tapping and then they just start vibrating their finger mm. so which allows the uh which allows the pieces to just like i said they'll zoom over to the left or right depending on the direction so and you do not hyper tap that's correct i do not and cannot cannot so is it no. some kind of like anatomical like only people who are like triple jointed can do this or what i no idea huh. um, some because i have i have um you know I have probably mild arthritis. Oh yeah, and so, I'm for sure you're not going to do you know, this. Yeah. because yeah, so you know, I with all the, you know, the computer use, the gaming that I've done, the uh, the piano that I've been playing for years, um, yeah, my you know my fingers have been worked to the brim. So and I've I've attempted many times to try and hyper tap, and I I just can't do it. Well, we know you're not the Flash, then. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so one more, nope. one more question in the context of playing competitively for you: uh, How hmm. is playing Tetris competitively different from playing other games competitively? Hmm. Are there sort of more things to think about? It's... Do you have to be faster? Um, uh, boy, uh, it just, it really depends on the game, Mm. honestly. Um, because I, uh, see that, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough question because like, uh, (laughs) it's, it's a tough question. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, (laughs) No worries. Um, cause Tetris is, it's just different than a lot of the uh other other games that i've played mm-hmm. you know because okay because um i don't know what pieces are coming mm. with tetris so that it's something that i'm constantly having to work around mm. the level and, of and not just me yeah. yeah and not and not just me that that goes for everybody mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't know what's coming, and, and well, neither do I, obviously. So there's a, a big element of having to think on your feet, then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it just, you know, it, because a lot of the games that I do compete with, mm-hmm. I know these games, and I, you know, I know what's coming. So I'm always prepared for mm-hmm. it. Tetris, you, you don't know what's coming. Right. You know, you have you have the one block that tells you, hey, this is the next block. You don't have, say, like, you know, earlier, we'll say for Super Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. You don't have that whole map to look, okay, the, there's going to be a turn here. So I have to prepare for this. And it with this turn, there's going to be this, this, 
you know, and these kind of hazards. Yeah. So I have to anticipate for that. Oh, yeah. I was totally thinking about a platformer just now. You know, like trying to get through a platformer as quickly as possible. You know how the level's laid out. You know the enemy Mm -hmm. placement. You know all this and all that. But yeah, like with Tetris, a good example would be Mega, like say Mega Man X. You know what? You know what's coming. They're always there. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know how to adapt to that. Those certain spots. Mm -hmm. Well, and but like I said with Tetris, Tetris is random as random can Mm -hmm. be. So you don't know what to expect. You don't know when that line bar is gonna come. You could be sitting there with. 30 plus pieces dropping at you not knowing what to do with them or knowing what to do with them you know just depends um and next thing you know another six blocks later you you you're already going through like a 36 to 37 block drought until that one line bar comes and who knows if you're going to get it to the you know, to that well, yeah. unless you've been, unless you've been clearing lines with those extra blocks that you can't necessarily use, but aren't entirely helpful. Mm. And knowing Tetris, that line piece comes one piece too late (laughs) more often than not. (laughs) Yeah, it it can. Yeah. You're like, I just blocked the well (laughs) just now. And now you send me a line piece. Thank you, Tetris. Uh Thanks. So yep, I know there, that there have been those games. Yes. So I know that Ryan, you wanted to touch a little bit on the history of Tetris. Mm-hmm. History of Tetris is fascinating. Um, what are some to start that off? Uh, maybe you want to say a couple general words about the history of Tetris. Um, why that interests you, and then maybe speak to some resources that some folks could could look up to. Uh, learn a little bit more about the history of Tetris themselves. Um, there's a lot out there. There's some pretty decent documentaries that I've seen and some interesting things. So, Yeah, I just the one thing that, that I think that makes interesting as far as the history of Tetris has a lot to do with the license, licensing of the games itself oh, yeah. and how it ended up in different companies' hands and just the, the fight between there and it's... It's almost like it's a spy novel, dude. I was right? just thinking, right? Mad T- right. Mad uh, Magazine Spy versus Spy right. is exactly yeah. what that whole thing was like. And I mean, it just started off with a guy who wanted to turn a, one of his favorite puzzles into a video game uh, and do it on his own time because uh, at the time he was part of the the computer uh, division of the the Soviet Union. And uh, ended up creating something that was addicting and ended up uh, essentially being shareware, where people were just sharing it amongst each mm-hmm. other, copying it from one disk to the next and sending it to a friend. Uh, because, let's be honest, the Soviet Union wasn't really interested in capitalism at the time. Yeah. So selling mm-hmm. this, licensing it. And actually, their, their inexperience with that whole process actually is the reason why it uh, this becomes a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, it got to the point where... Tetris became well known enough to find its way to the West. And it ended up in Hungary, and a gentleman who lived there who was selling software ended up contacting Pajitnov, the guy who created Tetris. And it was just interesting in the fact that he started creating these licensing agreements, talking to people from the US and the UK, getting them 
involved in this even before he had any agreement with uh, Russia. And um, he ended up utilizing some interesting language where he said, <laughs> I have uh, rights to you know the PC versions of Tetris and any other um, computer-like applications, basically. Uh, so he took that and ran with it, it to include things like consoles and, uh, you know, um, even things like handhelds eventually. He was essentially utilizing that language to, to justify what he, you know, wanted to do. And as a result of that, he's selling these licensing agreements to all these different companies. And interestingly enough, they never even had it to begin with. So <laughs> What a mess. Um, it's one right, of those things that yeah. could have only happened then. Like, if they had right. the internet today, they'd be like, well, no. <laughs> you can't do that. And to that point, though, is that because of the, the mess it, it created, uh, you had two companies that were trying to make a Tetris for the Nint- um, American Nintendo system. It was Atari, better known as Tengen, uh, you know, for, for the NES. And then, obviously, Nintendo wanted to create it. And um, Atari lost that. Yeah that argument and had to have their carts. They, they made 300,000 of them had to have the remaining carts that were in retail pulled off the shelf, which is crazy. And you mm-hmm. own one of them. I do. I have a, a copy of Tengen Tetris, which is one of my prized possessions for a few reasons. For one, I, it, it's not the easiest cart to find nowadays. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the other part is that me and my wife love to play puzzle games against each other competitively, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Which she is very good, and I am not as good as her, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's like games like Dr. Mario where it's set up for two-player, it's nice. And that's why I like the version of Tenga, or Tengen Tetris is because it ha- it comes with a two-player option versus, you know, the Nintendo version is just one-player only. Mm. So that's why it's it's close to me. It's it's not the best version of Tetris out there, no. but because of that, no. right, right, because of that two player action, that's what it, it makes it special right. And that's me, a so. great that's a great preferential feature. Should you right. have two people to play with, that's that's great. Right. Um. Yeah. So uh, one of the documentaries that I think is definitely worth watching is on YouTube uh, from Russia mm-hmm. with Love, uh, Tetris documentary. Um, that really goes into the whole licensing issues. They kind of present it as like a drama. Um, right. <laughs> nobody's ever in like real danger. Nobody's ever like killed or anything. At the end, they kind of do like the <laughs> whole, you know, and then this is what happened to so-and-so. And you're like, oh, okay. So they went and killed themselves, you know, or like someone <laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, yikes. So, yeah, some crazy things went down, right? That was the UK company. <laughs> Uh, the, the dad disappeared and the son went and killed himself or something like that. They, yeah, it was a mirror or whatever. Right, yeah. and they lost um, a ton I, of no, money. I think he, he ended up, um, murdering his whole family and then taking his that's own That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tetris. <laughs> what the bloody history of Tetris. Um, so that's that's one that's definitely <laughs> worth watching. Uh, I, I'll also say uh, the gaming historian uh, yes. Norman Caruso. He does a he he puts so much effort into that one. It's an hour long. Usually his YouTube uh, historical documentaries that he does is anywhere between fifteen to twenty five minutes, and this one's an hour. Yeah. And it's extremely well researched. It's 
uh, visually appealing as well, and uh, yeah. it, I think it tells a really good story. Yeah, I really like mm-hmm. his content. I appreciate the tenor of his tone. He's not one of those, mm-hmm. hey, guys, welcome to my YouTube channel. We're going to talk about Tetris. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. It's like, it's, oh. yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Where the, I do. The YouTube do. exuberance, where it's like it, a little <laughs> exuberance is nice, but it's like spice, you know? You, you spiced it a little too much um, for this dish. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I like I like uh, gaming historians kind of mellow uh, documentary style presentation. Right, uh, a lot of good videos. I recall what I was going to say. So I was watching uh, From Russia with Love, uh, the documentary on Tetris, with my dad in law. Uh, recently, we didn't finish the whole thing as I recall, but we got to the part where they had the footage of the guy from Nintendo um, going through the Soviet Union. And just, mm-hmm. like, talking with his guide and looking at the cities and stuff like that. And um, my dad-in-law was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What year was that? Uh, and I was like, such and such year, you know? And um, uh, it turns out my dad-in-law was there in uh, the Soviet Union at the time as a missionary or something like that. No. Yeah. Way. And wow. so he... He, you know, we paused the thing. I was like, well, you will tell me a story, Dada. Uh, so <laughs> he goes on to talk about uh, just how bleak. I mean, it's impossible for us uh, today in 2019 in Western society to think of a society without capitalism. Uh, just no banners, no advertisements, no brands. No, like, that's everything. I mean, we're using brands right now to record this podcast, you know? I'm wearing them. Yeah, I'm wearing, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. My loins are clad with brands. <laughs> but uh, Thank you. <laughs> thank you, brands. Lovely visual. Dude, I just, I'm drinking from a cup with Superman on it. <laughs> like, everything. I'm on a computer that's a brand name computer. But to think of a society that's that's that completely rid of all those things it's just mind-blowing i mean the things that he described were like people were just just miserable and and gray and dull and everything looked the same nobody smiled nobody spoke nobody laughed and all this and on and on and on he said the lights were always off everywhere you'd go to like an official building you know or museum or something the lights are all off and he's like are, are they closed and they're like no they'll turn the lights on when you're in the room but <laughs> I was like, that's just crazy. But to think then that this game came out of that culture at that time is just, again, miracle. It's, it's, it's crazy to me to think that Tetris was invented in such a society and was able to yeah. not be destroyed with it uh, and not fall down with it, but sort of come out of it and flourish Thanks to a very interesting story of very tenacious businessmen um, going there and having like this weird, silent, quasi standoff, you know. So, and to your point there, I, I can't. I, mean, I was trying to think about this earlier. Uh, I think I don't can't think of any other games that I would associate with Russia uh, coming out of Russia, especially the Soviet Union at the time. Yeah, um, there's nothing. No. Tetris is yeah. it. So. Um, it's just, it, it's like the, in Lord of the Rings, the hobbits, 
you know, Bilbo Baggins finds the, the ring, right? The, the mm. most unlikely creature imaginable. Mm. Wow. <laughs> right? Alex right. Padrinov is Bilbo Baggins. There it is. <laughs> and, and the one <laughs> and, ring is Tetris, but nobody throw absolutely. it into a mountain of fire, please. And if you think one of the most popular games, the one of the most high-selling games, and, and arguably one of the best games ever created, uh, came out of a country that has no other game. And didn't even know what to do with it. Worth. I mean, right. when he made it, they were yeah. like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, you know? And, like, didn't market it. Did, well, marketing. What is marketing? You know, like, they, <laughs> they just had no idea. What was it? Uh, uh, was Elorg was the name Elorg, of the, yeah. of yep. the uh, group that was in charge of the rights or something like that for... Mm. Like, like, it was just like a... <laughs> like, they had to suddenly play capitalist with these businessmen who were wanting to negotiate and like, what is negotiation? I, you know, it just, what a, what a, a fascinating backdrop. So it's like a game that was not produced as a product. It was a game that was just produced as a pastime or a hobby. Like that doesn't happen. People produce games to make money. That's crazy. Yeah. And if you think about it, I think that some of the best things that we experience are passion projects mm. because of the desire to not m- make billions of dollars off of this. There's a yeah, that's and, an interesting point. There's a level oh, of capitulation right. that comes with having to design a product specifically around the idea of popularity. Right. And then Nintendo puts a cease and desist on it. You know what I thought of right now was Chrono Break. <laughs> Uh, which, yeah, didn't get made. So passion products, support passion products. There's a lesson for you. What is the first version of Tetris that you guys played? The first version of Tetris. Uh, I think I got this guy beat. Go ahead. Uh-huh. If you say Electronica <laughs> 60, then I will say that's crazy. But go ahead, Ryan. I think mine is, is obviously, I think the most ubiquitous uh experience that people had and that came with my game oh, yeah. boy all right mm-hmm. and um i have put so many hours <laughs> into that game boy experience and the, the mm-hmm. best thing i like about the game boy uh as well is the sound when when the blocks hit and when you clear a tetris those sounds because i often played it with headphones in uh it just made the experience you know not just a visual one but you know kind of the the full experience for me and it's just so deeply satisfying yeah. uh, when you slam yeah. that yeah, i love Boom. what you said yeah. uh, the sound design in game boy and the game mm. boy tetris was really spot on i mean right. the sound design gave those blocks a sense of weight right yeah. mm. whereas like you're just playing with tiny monochromatic pixels but they felt <laughs> like they were they were real they felt like they had weight i don't know if i first played the game boy version or the NES version. Uh, I know I had access to both, but I definitely played the Game Boy version more. So, yeah. Paul, what what is your answer? Um, I you know I I interpreted that question wrong. But, oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yes, my my earliest uh, my earliest time with Tetris was the Game Boy version. Okay. That was the that was the one I started off with. Um, 
But, and then that's obviously how I learned how to play Tetris was through Game Boy Tetris. And then, you know, we'll, we'll say graduating up to NES Tetris. Mm. Um, but I, uh, and I, I know I had mentioned this to you. I also had a, um, had a little bit of a, uh, experience with, um, toying with one of the earliest Tetris prototypes. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's legit. So what was that? What was that on? It was on, it was for the Nintendo. Uh So, um, so again, hear me out on this. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it was a licensed by Nintendo uh, version of Tengen Tetris. Hmm. Nice. What? What even is let, that? <laughs> let that let that sink in, because we because everybody who knows about Tengen uh, knows that they were all the Tengen games are unlicensed Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. This one in particular was licensed by Nintendo. Interesting. Wow, I, I can't. My mind can't even wrap around that. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> I, mean, I was like, "Wait, so who had the thing? He made it to screw him over, and then he got it with the thing, and then he licensed it in the end." Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was, you know, it was really cool. It was, it was nice to um, mess with that and uh, compare and contrast both the prototype and the um, finished product mm. of Tengen Tetris. And yes, there are a, there are a lot of differences. Um, there are also some similarities. Mm. Um, if you're like one of the biggest uh, similarities between the two was uh, block spinning. Mm. And <laughs> I had to show, uh, I had to show Ryan what, uh, spins were right the other day. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you weren't able to do that with, uh, any of the Tengen games. You can't do it. So that's <laughs> play it where it lands. That's, that's once <laughs> yeah. it hits the, once it hits the bottom, it sticks there. You can't spin it once it hits the bottom. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Basically, um, oh boy, um, you can you can spin a block while it's laid, you know, laid onto your to the area that you mm. want it. Like I I showed Ryan that I uh, didn't I flip a T piece one hundred uh, three hundred sixty degrees for you. Yep. Uh, I think you're <laughs> able to do every single one of them. Remember, uh, right? yeah. No, I I showed you. Yeah. Um. TP spin, uh, S piece, Z piece, a line even. Yep. No, nobody would have ever fathomed to do uh, line spins. <laughs> I sure as hell don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like how many situations arise in which you've got to do a yeah, line spin. No, the thing is, some people do that. <laughs> some people do that purposely. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, that's I wrong. Did it wrong. I, I don't like that, and 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 to this day, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like spinning pieces because there is there is room to screw that mm-hmm. up. And 
what's the last thing you want to do on a competitive Tetris match? Is screw yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> well, I th- so I I do my best to you know keep it to a point where okay, I'm not going to allow this to happen. So here's what I'm going to do. Blah 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 blah. Yada yada yada. <laughs> And go from there. So I think that, uh, you know, we all kind of mentioned the, the the OG Game Boy. I think that was the common thread uh, among most folks when I asked the question, which version of the game comes into your mind first when you hear the name Tetris? Uh, OG Game mm. Boy. Game Boy, definitely. Game Boy. I already played this version at least once today alone. The original Game Boy version. <laughs> and on and on and on. All these people mentioning true Game Boy. Either Game Boy or NES. Game Boy, Game Boy, Game Boy, Game Boy, Game Boy. It was, it was a game that was so omnipresent. Uh, when it came out, it, like everybody I knew had, every kid I knew had this, this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it it was such a wise idea to put it on the Game Boy. So smart. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Tetris you know, is of... for kids. Like I remember be, as a kid thinking, like, yeah, but I'd rather play Mario because you know it has a character. But yeah, you know, because it just blocks. Like how do blocks resonate with you? But once you're <laughs> playing Tetris, you can't put it down, and you run through a whole yeah, pack like... of double A batteries just playing Tetris. so 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 with versions um uh a question i want to ask here before we get into versions and comparing versions and how to ruin tetris (laughs) is uh is tetris the big question right is tetris the perfect game i'm gonna go on a limb and say yes it is for a few reasons okay right so um Depending on how you want to interact with the game, it can provide you value, no matter what genre or, or you know preference or skill level you have that you're either a fan of or you can achieve on your own, mm-hmm. right? So, in the same sense that it's easy for somebody to play along with it if they're not very good at it, it also has elements that uh, creates critical thinking uh, in regards to trying to plan out and be strategic about it. So anybody who's into like tactical stuff or or planning or what have you, it's Mm -hmm. there. Um, There's also an element uh, behind the idea of, uh, of speed, right? So utilizing that as as an adrenaline rush, you know, the quicker things get, the the higher it goes. Um, If you're into things like RPGs, right? Where you're, you're progressing in a story long after uh, a certain amount of time. I mean, yeah, Tetris doesn't have a story, but it certainly is one of those games that achievements and levels allow you to feel as though you've accomplished something. Mm. So there's a lot there. I like how right? you're you're attacking that question from the perspective of uh, the worth or the value, uh, rather, that Tetris offers uh, to different right. players looking from different genre perspectives. That's an interesting way of thinking of that. Because when I think of perfection, I think in like the... The like the classic antiquity sense of completion. Uh, when something is perfect, it's complete, meaning it, uh, it's potentially irreducibly complex. You can't take something away from it without ruining the whole thing. Or you can't add something to it without ruining it. Which I think you find out in later versions. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I asked that question. So... 
So then the kind of the sub question is then which version of Tetris are we talking about that's perfect? Uh, I think NES Tetris is perfect. I think Game Boy Tetris mm-hmm. is what brought us all into Tetris mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So if you yeah. want to talk about broad appeal uh, and why something is sought after and played so much, Game Boy brought us there. NES Tetris up the game. There's a reason why NES Tetris is used for competitive matches. It's kind of crazy. Like, what's so special about NES Tetris that it's still being used, Paul? Well, I don't think I could have explained um, it better than Ryan. <laughs> um, he pretty much hit the nail on the <laughs> head. Um, with NES Tetris, the... Um, if you guys don't know the backstory behind it, um, the whole reason for the classic Tetris World Championships was there was never a there was never a defined world champion mm. of the game. So they ended up holding a tournament in I think California uh, with with some of like some of the top players. You know, they brought in um, they brought in Thor, they brought in Jonas, they brought in Harry, uh, Dana, Ben, um, just a bunch of different people, and focused the documentary that they made, the Ecstasy of Order, um, on these on these players, and made a tournament. Um, and believe it or not, Pat the NES Punk hosted that first tournament. Um, and then there became a champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonas uh, Neubauer was the uh, inaugural Classic Tetris World Championship champion. And yeah, it's just, it, just, it just seems like the perfect game without advantages without big advantages right like um with, like with modern tetris you have that uh you have the hold mm. area mm-hmm. first thing that comes to mind is super yeah. useful <laughs> um, but with nes tetris and, you have to take whatever it gives to you you can't mm-hmm. put something on hold it makes the game easier nope. to put something on hold yeah it, it yeah. really does um, you know, oh, you don't like this piece? Well, shoot, here, I'm going to set it aside because I like this next piece that's right. about to come out. And it's not even saying that, you know, saying you know. this from a from a sort of elitist perspective. Again, I'm not good at this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not coming from an elitist <laughs> perspective. But from a pure game right. design perspective, you're taking away from, at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about appeal and addictiveness and simplicity balanced with challenge, you're taking a big part of what makes this game so special by making it easier deliberately. So you have things mm-hmm. like the hold option, and then definitely another one was uh, in a lot of modern versions, you have the opportunity to see many pieces in advance and kind of see what's coming down the road, four or five pieces down the road. So you can begin to think ahead and adjust. And there's much less of another thing that we touched on, which is being able to think on your feet and having to deal with whatever comes your way. Almost like an analogy for life, you know? I mean, like I was talking, Ryan, I was talking with you earlier about the things you've been dealing with this week. Uh, your poor dog, your poor pet. Uh, life, that's not a line piece, dude. 
<laughs> you had you, you had a, a well oh. and and te- the tetris of life was like yeah here's a square piece you jerk and, right. <laughs> and but you know what you have to deal with it that's just the way life is you can't even see two three days ahead to know exactly what's coming sometimes God, yeah, I don't even like that. Hey, I'm now. sorry. Horrible. You know what, son? Oh. It's just the way it is. Jeez. <laughs> Someday I'm going to tell that to my kids. Your life is like a game of Tetris. Not modern Tetris, NES Tetris. You, yeah, you can be prepared for all this stuff, and then eventually you're going to get yeah, And he's like, Daddy, can I T-spin? No, son, you can't T-spin in life. You just gotta. <laughs> you have to deal with what comes. If you do, you might hurt yourself. <laughs> just deal with it. So there, there. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I can't believe that ridiculous analogy. Uh, <laughs> I can't either. That's why I'm it kind of worked, though. I it, gotta be honest. It kind of worked. <laughs> str- yeah. Crazy as it is, it. You did know what? Work, that was that was the but, public speaker preacher uh, in me. Just pulling an analogy out of air and be like, eh, maybe this will work. We'll see. Just, just, if it didn't work, I could always yeah, edit it out. Like, so, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> but so, so I would agree in that I think Tetris on NES is uh, the most perfect version, most complete version of the game that I can think of. Um, accepting the preference for two players. But. If you're right. just talking, um, if you're just talking, just playing the game, uh, you know, two two players aside, uh, I think it it functions within itself quite well. Uh, it's got Absolutely. it's got that great balance of simplicity with challenge. So that yeah, Agreed. that's one that I would definitely be comfortable in saying. You know, this is a perfect version of this game. So then the question and being... Oh, go ahead, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say one el- extra element I'll add to it is the music in it is iconic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's not only it's it, it easy to follow along with, it's an earwig that sticks with you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things similar to... Um, you know, if if you hear the Mario music that did it, did did it, I'm so glad you're right? singing right now. It's right. I did it. I, I got <laughs> oh, it out good. of the way, so I don't have to do it <laughs> later, right? But that music that that with Tetris, right, is is one. As soon as you hear it, you know yeah. it's Tetris. You could be in a different room, not, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, I yeah, I I have that oh, stuck in my head constantly. Um, more more so the Game yeah, Boy uh, sounds, uh, so- but anyhow. I was gonna say, yeah, the, the uh, that that tone you just uh, did was only for right, Game Boy. Right, right, right. I was looking at a picture of the Game Boy right now, and that's the song that just popped in my head. And I was like, <laughs> man, that song. Oh, that's <laughs> like my entire childhood is that song. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, you, people hear that song. That's the first thing they're gonna think of is, oh hey, look, yeah. Game Boy Tetris. Yeah. Oh, now there's an experiment. I'm gonna start whistling that. And then stop whistling and ask if they can recognize what that tune was. Social experience. Social experience. Yay, name that yeah. tune. Or I'll Yay. blow up the boat of the other people. Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> anyways, okay. Um, so, so 
that escalated quickly. That escalated quickly. <laughs> uh, going did. from Tetris <laughs> analogy for life to blowing up another boat with people in it who are innocent. Anywho, uh, so talking about Tetris then is perfect. Okay, and we'll start with the bases, uh, the base of NES Tetris as perfect. Uh, presumably, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, it's not perfect. Okay, but if you're going to say that, make a concrete <laughs> argument. Okay, and email me the well read mage at gmail.com. Okay, fight me on Thank this. you. Don't at me. All right, but yeah, <laughs> point being okay, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make a counter argument, make a counter argument, but don't say I feel like or I didn't enjoy it that much. It's not the same thing. Okay, it's so, yeah, yeah. Let, have a reason. Th- thank you because you Please. didn't enjoy it. That doesn't that's not a reason. And I can't even qualify quantify yeah. that anyway. Maybe you're it's just... Like, oh, you're, you're not good at the game? Well, that's not a reason. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm turning off my angry voice the, right now. So yeah, there, there's there's a lot of people that aren't good at the game. Yeah. You know, you're... You're, you're no special. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of people who just flat out aren't good at the game. Yeah. But you know what? They, they still play. Yeah. And you, if you practice, you can get better. Okay, just yeah. for the half of the people yeah. that might be thinking about turning off the podcast right now because they felt insulted. Uh, so Tetris, <laughs> I regret absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a man of his words that stands by them. Um, so with Tetris NES being perfect, then the question is: uh, <laughs> Well, we'll start with this: Are all the versions after NES Tetris perfect? Hell no. <laughs> Okay, what is what is a imperfect an imperfect version of Tetris that you can think of and why oh, is it gosh. imperfect? Um, let's see. The um SNES version of Tetris mm-hmm. which is is basically Tetris and Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um fun, yes, but uh god, just no. <laughs> Um, oh God, I, I had an argument for this and I've, I've totally lost it. <laughs> that's all good. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that's just like, oh, I think, I just think this game sucks. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I have reason. Okay. So but, while you, uh, while you're thinking of that, uh, then we'll get the, we'll get yeah, the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> if it pops in your head, just tap the raise your hand button. Um, Got it. <laughs> it, so in the meantime, though. Uh, the elephant in the room to me is Tetris 2. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a version yeah. of Tetris necessarily, but a sequel presumably to Tetris. I'm saying presumably a lot for some reason tonight. <laughs> but I played... Abomination. Yeah, I played Tetris <laughs> 2 just being like, oh, cool, I never tried this, never playing it again. What yes. is wrong? Yes. What is never. wrong with Tetris 2? <laughs> it is... So like bombs and bad. stuff in it or something like you know i don't like, yeah it's, it's one of those like with it, tetris you think you can okay i i could figure this out right tetris one kind of has this again this this elegant simplicity to it where you could figure it out i have played hundreds if not thousands of video games and sitting down and playing tetris 2 i was like i need a manual <laughs> i don't know how to play this okay so okay so Tetris 2. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm talking about it. <laughs> Sullying my lips with the likes yeah. of Tetris 2. Uh, anyways, it's um, think of it as 
a combination of Tetris and Dr. Mario. Mm -hmm. It's, it is kind of what it is, but, um, but instead of the normal Tetravino pieces that, you know, people are used to, you've got these all sorts of wonky shapes. Yep. That just make no sense. Right. So you're kind of, it adds a lot of these, a lot of other shapes in, like what, pantominos and stuff. I, I, I don't even know what to yeah. call them. Uh, abominations. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with that. Yeah, that'll work. So that when you're playing, it just, so here's, thinking of experiments, here's a thought experiment i guess uh probably not a thought experiment here's a test you can give somebody i i gave this to two really smart guys that i work with um i was like you guys ever heard of tetraminos they're two you know older gentlemen uh one of them was the guy who had never played tetris but he's a smart dude nonetheless and um uh here's tetramino they didn't know what it was so i explain it tetramino now draw me the all the tetraminos, all the possible tetraminos, there are only mm -hmm. seven. Both of them drew five. <laughs> they could not figure out the last two. Both of them uh, missed different last two. So one guy didn't get the Z and the L, and then one guy didn't get the J and the L. Okay. But okay. provided maybe enough time, they could have figured it out. But they had quite a so bit of time. they they had like one direction right. of those blocks, but not the other. Right. So when that, I explained that, that's fair. Yeah. When I explained the S can be the Z and the L can be the J, uh, one guy resented me because he's like, "Well, you're just flipping the piece," <laughs> and I was like, well, "I'm not just flipping yeah. the piece." <laughs> Sir, he's like, no rotating. I was like, it's not the same thing as rotating. It was almost like an altercation at work, like violence in the workplace. But there wasn't, thankfully. <laughs> uh, but the point being that I think that even the choice of shape, the tetramino, not the pentamino, not the triomino, or whatever that be called, uh, the yeah, seven yeah. shapes is the perfect choice for this game. Oh, yeah. Once you start yeah, to agreed. add too many other shapes... The possibilities become too much, and that destroys the simplicity. So then you're destroying that balance as well. Um, so I think that when you start to think about all these other versions of Tetris, you start to think about what's being added that's destroying that balance. Uh, given it's harder, it's harder to find how a future version destroys that balance more than others. I mean, Tetris 2, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> like, just play it. It's not perfect. <laughs> far, far from, it. from it but um one that i played fairly recently uh was tetris 99 which i enjoyed quite a bit i oh, found yeah. it re-addicting all over again did you guys play that oh yeah oh absolutely yeah both of you yeah um mm -hmm. i what'd you guys think i enjoy it yeah, yeah. it's 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 a nice um it's a nice change for the tetris game because you're, you know, you're battling all these people from all over the world, which is, again, wonderful. Mm. Um, and you just, you're putting your, you're putting your skills to a test mm. against various other people. Mm. What were you going to say, it's, Ryan? It's nice. I think Tetris 99 is a, it's kind of an example of how you can 
add something to to the gameplay and do it right to modernize it for the current younger audience mm. and mm-hmm. make it re-addicting to them. Because basically all they did is they said, hey, kids like Battle Royale games. 99 people. They all duke it out to, to there can only be one winner. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. in this example, I think that just by taking a game that was it's such a classic and reintroducing it in a way that they like, mm. all of a sudden you've extended the life of Tetris years ago yeah and you and they didn't change much about no. the game uh, certainly no. the core game is isn't changed at all yeah you've got your hold and you've got you know a couple pieces you can see in advance so it is modern tetris mm-hmm. uh a bit more yeah. simplified but uh besides for playing with other players and sending pieces over across and things like that it's not fundamentally changed uh so it's still i mean i was just just delighted to see people talking about Tetris again and to see new people. So like my, my kid brother who's 15 years younger than me getting into, uh, Tetris 99, it's kind of his first Tetris, uh, and just being like, dude, when are we going to play again? (laughs) It's, Oh it's man, he is going to hate classic. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I do this? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah, can't yeah, I do yeah. that? Oh, and then oh, I'll tell him. But you know what? Show you. It's the perfect version of the game. The perfect version. <laughs> so, what about Tetris Effect? Did you guys play that? Absolutely. That is one I have not touched. Yeah, I've not yes. played it either. It is visually beautiful Mm, it looks like it um yeah it is it is just it is so pretty um um mizuguchi who created the game along with uh luminous and uh res if you guys know those games um they they're um they're also visually appealing games and it's gosh this Tetris Effect is just it's just super pretty. Um, I would I would say if you're going to play Tetris Effect, play it with both the VR headset and without it, because mm. you will uh, you'll get to see things um, on the VR headset that you probably won't even think of looking at on just on a normal TV. Mm. Because, I mean, with you can use the analog sticks to look around rather than just see your board. Mm. You can see to the the left, what's underneath the board, to the right of the board. And there are are other things in the background that you can see Mm -hmm. um, that, like, that you normally wouldn't be able to see as if I was playing on a TV and just focusing on my board. So and with the VR headset, it's just it's easier to just look down, look right, look left, and just be like, oh hey, this is cool. <laughs> I, you know, I can. This is what I'm seeing. Yeah. And of course, um, people, you know, whoever's around you, can see what you're looking at on the TV, and the, they can be like, oh yeah, that that is kind of cool. I'm one of those guys that's really skeptical about VR. Um, right now my opinion is it's, it's overpriced, it's gimmicky, you know, show me some games that are worth playing. 
uh, in mm-hmm. VR that aren't sort of just revolve around gimmicks. But when they're like, oh, by the way, we're making a Tetris VR, I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when, they, when they announced that they were doing that, my first thought was, okay, how? Yeah. Right. How, 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 how are you, how are you going to truly make this a virtual reality experience? Mm-hmm. And then, um, when was it? Not last, last year on November, we, me and my, me and my group of friends, uh, we do extra life charity stream mm-hmm. and, uh, we were showcasing uh, Tetris Effect in VR, and I and again I'm not I'm not one for um, you know for virtual reality, mm-hmm. just you know because again it's it's a bit gimmicky. Mm-hmm. So and I'm I'm better off playing games without having to deal with mm-hmm. that. Um, but I I got to sample uh, Tetris Effect in its uh, VR, um, excuse me, uh, experience, and I'm oh, sorry at the 2018 uh, Classic Tetris World Championships they actually, they had it over on the sides. But um, I got I got to sample it and it was like oh my gosh this is really cool yeah. I like this. You know, I was I was kind of skeptical, like I said, but once uh, once my buddy uh, Hybrid Ryan, you know him. Oh yeah. Um, once he sat me down and he's like, "Okay, dude, I I know you and I have the same taste, but God, try this once." And I was just like, "All right, fine, I'll try it once. <laughs> I'll try it." Whoa! And, uh, yeah. Sounds like yeah. something. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, sounds like something is... I would like to try. As well. Yeah, this is really, really yeah. cool. I like this. Yeah. And so we uh, we spoke to the representative and said, "Okay, how? You know, we I want to sample this. I want to showcase this for, for our uh, um, extra life charity stream, which is you know at the time was like two, three weeks um, later, and said, "How? Uh, what can we do to get like a?" Uh, uh, like a review code mm. to to show off the game and sample it, and she said, "Oh, okay. Well, well it's gonna be out, it's gonna be out for demoing um, at on this date. It'll be it'll be demoing for at least up until release date." And so we're like, "Oh, okay. We'll just do it that way." And so we did. But it it was it we still got the point across of what uh, Tetris Effect. Um, brings um, as far as just a normal standard casual play um, it's various modes um, it's got like a mystery mode where you, um, like all sorts of weird things can happen to your board like um, for example you can it'll flip your board upside down so you have to play upside down Tetris mm. <laughs> um, stuff of nightmares <laughs> to to a normal person, yes. Actually, I, I found it kind of yeah. Fun, well, I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah, but because uh, uh, but then again, I, I was I was that person that like oh hey, I've always wanted to try this, mm-hmm. and here I am trying it for the first time. Um, let's see. They will they will give you blocks that are like 
five times its normal size and you have to do something with them. Uh (laughs) Um, They'll, they'll like, they'll scramble your board. Um, They'll give you, well, Tetris two pieces. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't want to say it, but that was, (laughs) that was the, Best way I could describe it. <laughs> uh, so, Paul, maybe you want to tell us about one more version of Tetris. Oh boy! Um, you know, what? let's go for the uh, let's go for ones that people don't really know mm-hmm. about. Um, I'll go with a Super Tetris Three. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a uh, Super Famicom release. Okay. Uh, same thing with Super Tetris 2 plus uh, Bombless. Oh, okay. Actually, you know what? I, you know, I'm going to do Super Tetris 2 with Bombless. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'll explain both of them. It's it's basically um, you have two different uh, two different games with uh, with your normal Tetris pieces, and plus um, Bombless has variations of uh, pieces. So, um, not all pieces are going to come in like Tetraminos. Mm-hmm. They'll, some will have like five blocks. Some will have like six or seven. Um, and you have a bunch of, you have a uh, little red squares that if you, uh, clear lines, they explode, which they'll, cl- they'll clear off that one line. Or if you have, a bunch of the red squares connected together, it obviously makes a bigger explosion. And the point of Bombless is to clear your screen using Tetris pieces and trying to connect all the red squares um, to create multiple explosions. So, because um, all, all your normal pieces are blue colored. So you'll you'll know the difference. Looking at it now, uh, was there ever an arcade version of something like this? I'm not sure. I, it looks like a game that I've played in the arcade, but not something I've ever played on console. Uh, the name does not sound familiar, but looking at it, I'm like that looks familiar. So I don't know. It's because uh, I know they have a kind of a variation of Bombless. Uh, on Tetris Effect, okay. it's a little different. Kind of, you know, it, it, there there are differences and similarities. That's the best way I can put okay. it. Um, and then you have the Super Tetris Two portion, which is just basically your standard Tetris mm-hmm. game. Um, you can. Um, it's it's definitely not perfect. I can I can guarantee you mm-hmm. that, because um, usually when your when your next piece comes out, you can start turning and f- rotating your pieces right mm-hmm. away. This one has a slight hesitation, so it's again it, it's not perfect. Um, still kind of fun, but I I, um, I just played Bombless. Um, Okay, so not gonna lie, I w- I've been playing Bombless for like a good hour into this podcast, <laughs> just just so I can like okay, I, I'm not quite because sh- I've never played Bombless before, 
So I wanted to, you know, try it once and, and see how I feel and kind of give a description of it. And I was like, okay, no, this is fun. I actually, this is actually a fun game. Um, and yeah, I would, I would highly recommend playing Bombless at least once. Some people may like it. Some, some won't, you know, typical Tetris. Something to try out. Well, that's cool. Yeah, try yeah. it out. Uh, yeah, and Super Tetris 3, uh, like I said, doesn't doesn't have the bombless option. It's just a normal Tetris game with a few different options. I've only ever done Marathon Mode, which is like normal uh, classic Tetris. So, and, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's a cleaned up version of Super Tetris 2, guaranteed. Cool, cool. So things to try out. Uh, Ryan, no. it better I'm not be Hattress. With... Oh, it's totally Hattress. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Shout out to no. the ever-loving Hattress. Right, oh, no. which no. I don't think really counts as a Tetris no, game, I don't let's think be so honest. No, the, the, the Hattress is practically Yoshi. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's, it's super it's, misleading it's to put Triss at the game. end of it. <laughs> yeah, it, that's just straight up misleading. But they couldn't have called it Hatchy. That would have been ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Paget uh was the developer for Hattress? I yes. did yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, not every single thing you're gonna make is a winner. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. He he did Hattress. I think he did. Um, I think he did Wordtress too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they're eventually which, they're like okay. Stop putting Triss at the end of regular words. <laughs> Cat Triss is a game Steve that nobody wants to play. <laughs> okay, he he did make Breakthrough. Right, which is classic. He did yeah. make Breakthrough, which is not a Tetris or anything that ends with a Triss game. Yeah. So he, he did okay there. I wonder if he ever thought about making Breakthrough Triss. <laughs> All right, anyways, Ryan... Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. One last one we'll talk about is uh, 3D Tetris for Virtual Boy. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> right. Didn't play. Didn't play that one. So the it's it's obviously a 3D panel, right? The idea is rather than of course putting it in a line, right? That's it's like a flat plane. You're in a 3D frame, and the shapes in which you're trying to bring down onto basically a, a cube. And fill the cube uh, is you know these red and black wireframe objects. So I mean it's it's Tetris for by technical terms, mm-hmm. but I I've I played this one and I find it really disorienting, right? Mm. And I'm not one it's that believe it. Well, and I'm not one that goes, yeah. oh, my eyes hurt after playing Virtual Boy. I mean, I will play hours yeah. of Mario World or Mario Land. Oh, yeah. Wario Heck Land. yeah. Right? And I'm fine. Tennis, this the one, robots, just... all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, right? Robo, yeah. Um, what was the name of that, that game? Red Alert? No, it's boxing. No. It's uh, Tellerol Boxer. Oh, Tellerol Boxer. Yep. Yeah. Love those games. But this one is just, it's disorienting to the point in which it's almost like it gives you a, a little bit of seasickness, right? Mm. You get that, like, vertigo yeah. playing it. Yeah. The vertigo boy is so. what they should have called that thing. Right. Okay, uh, okay. I, I, I'm always confused. Is it Red Alarm or Red Alert? Uh, good question. I think it's Red Alarm. I think all these years I've been calling it Red Alert. <laughs> red Alert, so that's, like, that's like the Uncle RTS, Google. yeah? Yeah, it's Red Alarm. 
Red Alarm, okay, yeah. Because yeah. Red, Al Red Alarm and Mario Tennis were the first, uh, actually, I think the only Virtual Boy games I've played. Well, you haven't missed too much. <laughs> oh yeah yeah from what i'm hearing yeah i know my I virtual boy story is i went camping uh couldn't sleep that night just had to sleep on the hard ground but i couldn't so i borrowed my friend's uh virtual boy who brought it with him he fell asleep so i was like hey dude woke him up can i play your virtual boy i can't sleep he's like yeah yeah, yeah. sure enough yeah. play it until sunrise and the next morning <laughs> i'm like I feel sick. Can we leave? <laughs> so let 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 that be a lesson. So guys, you know we didn't get to cover Tetrisphere and Tetris sixty four, Puyo Puyo Look, Tetris, and all these other Tetrises. But honestly, that that's okay. <laughs> I, well, there's too many. I we, I've only played I've only played Tetrisphere once, and that's all. Yeah, I likewise. <laughs> there's just there's too yeah. many versions of Tetris to cover them all. In one, but I hope that we've at least done justice to the NES Tetris, which we dedicate this podcast to. So, any closing remarks from you, gentlemen? Um. Uh, yes. Uh, be sure to follow the Classic Tetris Twitch channel, uh, Twitch.tv/ClassicTetris. Um, October nineteenth is the first round of the classic tetris world championships and the 20th will be the uh later rounds so uh th those will probably start in the morning um i think like 10 or 11 in the morning but uh be sure to follow that channel and um you know keep in touch with classic tetris because this especially this year it's going to be it's going to be crazy. There's so many good players coming in from all over. And, I mean, not just all over the U.S., but all over the world. That'll be amazing. Amazing to see. It, it It's going to be the toughest year to date. I promise <laughs> that. Steep competition. Well, uh, Ryan, Paul, where else can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at MegaRetroMan. Um, basically... All the social medias, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, under Mega Retro Man. Um, with YouTube, you can just search it. You'll, I, my, my picture is the same on everything. Easy to much. find. And Ryan, yeah. closing remarks, and where can we find you? Uh, I'll reiterate what Paul said. Definitely check out the Classic Tetris World Championships. Uh, do yourself a favor. Show up on Twitch on the date that they're running. And uh, throw a little uh, hashtag Team Mega Retro Man or hashtag Team Paul Tessie <laughs> in chat. So yeah. let us know that you're there because uh, I will definitely be doing that. So looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. And uh, you can you find go. me on Twitter with Retro Game Brews on Twitch as well as Retro Game Brews. And uh, on Instagram, it's uh, it's an account that I ignore a lot. So Hey, start taking <laughs> more pictures of your food, okay? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, Instagram needs you. Is that how it works? <laughs> That's how it works. F food and uh, food and dog food cat and dog pictures. cat pictures and the occasional selfie. Well, thank you guys for joining me for this Tetris episode. You guys have been amazing, man. We talked Tetris, thank and you. we could still talk Tetris for days. Oh yeah, we could, we could easily yeah. keep going, but you know. <laughs> All right, you guys. In Mother Russia, Tetris talk you. <laughs> oh yes. Oh. Battle Cruiser Operational. 
<laughs> All right. I'll catch you guys later. Have a good one. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, that's it for MageCast. The spell is wearing off. But stick around for a promo about another show I'd know you'd just love. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, and share this episode to help us reach a wider audience. If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us and our vision for the future of civil gaming conversations with a monthly pledge of any amount at patreon.com forward slash the well-read mage. The Magecast theme song Celadon was composed by Russell Gordon, whose work you can find on YouTube and SoundCloud. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is one of your hosts, Danny of Opinioneering. Now, when I say opinioneering, a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. But what I mean is the word opinion and also engineering. So opinioneering is us going through life, giving our opinion about mostly nerd culture, pop culture things, really any type of culture. We get into a a lot of tangents, but we like to delve in the realm of nerd culture and pop culture because that's what we grew up in. And now we are three nerd dads talking about the nerd culture here today and how we are moving forward and teaching our kids how to be nerds. And we go into real big depths about film, music, comic books, television. So join us on the Little Fellow Media Podcast Network today because we like having a lot of fun. And hopefully it's with you because we're just three nerd dad friends in and around our 30s sitting around a booze-filled table talking about nerd culture. So we want you to join in on the party. So come on down to Opinioneering and listen in. Thank you all. Again, join us on the Little Fellow Media Podcast Network.